I want to start today by asking you a question. And that question is this. What is your investment strategy? If you're like most of the people, if you follow along with the course of the world and the society that we live in today, you know, America is a consumer society. And so what that means is that we're fundamentally about consuming. The way that goes is most of us will get a job and when we have a job, we'll make some money and we have to pay things like rent or a car payment or a cell phone payment or whatever other bills we have. But hopefully at the end of all of those bills, we'll have a little left over to spend on ourselves. And that little left over goes into consuming because we're a consumer society. So we go out and we purchase things and the purchasing is all about for ourselves, consuming things for ourselves. And it gives us a sort of instant gratification. So when you go out and you buy that thing, it, it makes you feel good to hold it in your hand or to put it on or, or you get this sort of sense of gratification from this thing that you've purchased. And so a consumer society is fundamentally about consuming things and, and experiences. You know, there's one of two camps that most of us fall into. There's sort of the poverty mindset. And the poverty mindset are like the people who don't have that much money, um, but they spend it on silly things. So if you think about, you know, being in the hood, I remember when I used to live in El Monte, you'd see sort of like a 1994 Honda Civic and it's got sunspots on it. It's all faded and ugly, but that thing would have the sweetest 20 inch rims on it. And it would also have a really nice sound system and probably a lot of money spent on tinting it. It would have those like shiny silver window windshield wipers. And so all of these things are, are being spent on this car that's really worth pretty much nothing. And so that's the poverty mindset is to spend your money on things that are really sort of silly and, and, and not really worthwhile investments. Then there's the other side of the spectrum, the, spe- the people who, who have a lot of money, the rich people, and they're, they're taking their money and they're spending it on maybe a vacation to Europe or, or sort of, you know, they're taking it and investing it in other investments so that they can make more money so that they can buy something even nicer with their money. But the reality is both the poor and the rich are taking their money and they're investing it so that they can consume things. You know, we put a lot of attention on consuming. That's why when you go on social media, you'll see pay, uh, posts of, of people who, who take pictures of their food or, or some new tea spot that they just found. Or maybe you'll see people taking vac- vacation pictures where they're on the beach and it's super beautiful and the water's really lovely. And, you know, they're just... They're taking these pictures of, of their vacations because a lot of us attach our identity to the things that we consume. So consuming is so fundamental to our society that it actually becomes a part of us. And today I want to break down a different strategy. Maybe there's a way that you can invest that's different from the world. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And we know that the, the love of the world is to be an enemy to God. And so how can we as Christians take our time, our money, and our energy and invest it more wisely? See, the reality is, is that every single investment costs something. You know, it costs your time and your energy to go to work. You have to get up early, maybe. You have to get up late. You have to go in and work with your body. You might have to go in and work with your mind or whatever your job is. I don't care how glamorous you think it is or how, how, how much you want to make it look good. It's all work. And nobody wants to have to work, but we all have to. And the reason we have to is because we want to participate in the consumer society. We need this money. 
And so each time we go into work, it costs us something. It costs our time and our energy. Another thing that work costs us is, an, is what's called an opportunity cost. And opportunity cost is like this. When you're at work, you cannot at the same time spend time with your wife or be out in nature, enjoying nature, or doing some other thing. So it's an opportunity cost because doing the work costs you other opportunities that you could have to enjoy yourself or to enjoy others. So work is fundamentally expensive. It costs us money to, or it costs us our time and our energy to make money. And what we take that money and invest it into could, could lead us to a sense of unhappiness. You know, you look at the world around us and, and you look at the rich and they're not happy. They're not content. You look at the poor and they're not happy and they're not content. And the reason is, is because they're consuming things. They're getting this instant gratification out of, of every bit of money that they have. And they're investing it in things that are gone pretty much instantaneously. You know, even though it feels good to go out and sh- go shopping and buy that thing, it's not long before it gets old and busted up and broken. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, where Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So at the root of this scripture is something that's very important. And this is what I I think shapes my investment strategy and what I want to bring up to you today is like this. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So a lot of people will say, well, you know, if you're not supposed to invest in these things, you know, can a Christian even have a car or a nice things? And what I'm trying to get at is, is exactly what's brought out in the scripture. It's not about having things. It's about where your treasure is, where your heart is, Right. The Bible says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say that money in itself is evil. It's the love of money. It's the amount of ourselves that we attach to these investments. Our, the amount of our heart that goes into this treasure is the thing that we have to be aware of when we're designing our investment strategy. So we have to be aware of the fact that if we invest our heart If we invest our time and our energy into something like a car or something like a house, we should be aware that we're not going to be fundamentally happy people. We're going to be unhappy as we watch those things deteriorate in front of our eyes. So no matter what you invest in in this world, it's going to fade away. There's a scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. It says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So when you think about that, eventually the Lord is going to come back. And when he does, the things that we see around us are going to, are going to be gone. They're going to melt up with a fervent heat, it says. And so if all of our treasure is on things of this earth, if we've been spending our time and our energy amassing stuff and focusing on stuff and things and and vacations and all of these different things that we want to do, we're going to realize that we're, we're left with nothing when the Lord comes back. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So rather than, than spending our, our, our time and our energy on these things, we should invest it more wisely. 
You know, the Bible says that we should be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, you know, me personally, I've been a big fan of investing and I'm trying to learn more and more about investing. I want to actually invest my money in, in such a way that it will set me up to do things for the kingdom of heaven. And so each one of us should realize that there can be a way to use our time and use our money and use our effort, not for something. Maybe those things are a means to an end. Maybe we need money to to be able to do ministry or to be able to lift people up. You know, it costs money to sometimes do things. But if you're using that money to fundamentally uh, do things that are going to further the kingdom of heaven, then you're investing wisely. And, you know, it doesn't take, it's not just money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's energy. Have you, have you taken the time and the energy? How much time have you taken to invest in the kingdom of God? How much time have you taken to invest in your walk with God? How much time have you, instead of going out and gratifying yourself with that money and spending it on yourself, what if you put that in a savings account and instead of gratifying yourself with some thing, you began to gratify yourself with your walk with God? with being spiritual, with worshiping the Lord. And instead of putting your heart in the treasures of this earth, you begin to treasure up the things of God and, and want to have a, a better walk with God and want to use your time and your money and your energy to invest in the kingdom of God. So these are the sort of decisions that we need to make. But we need to invest wisely. We need to be people, like I said, who are sharp as serpents and harmless as doves. You know, as Christians... We're not supposed to be just, you know, these people who are all naive and and stupid. We should take all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul and pour it into investing in eternal things. Investing in things that are going to still be here when the Lord comes back. So to give you some examples in that, I want to give you one example. The first thing that you can invest in is you can invest in godliness. Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So as the first point of investment, once we get saved and we become a Christian, the first thing we can begin to invest in is begin to invest in godliness, to begin to invest in his righteousness. And what that means is taking the time to invest our energy and our time into reading our word, into studying the word of God, and into prayer and into worshiping the Lord. You know, how much time when you go to church are you really spending and and actually closing your eyes and worshiping the Lord? Or are you looking at the other people around you? Are you focused on what you're going to go eat after church or what sort of coffee you're going to get later or tea or whatever, you know? Are you focused on consuming even while you're uh, supposed to be walking with the Lord? We can invest in righteousness, we can invest in, in learning more of God's word and learning how he would have us to walk. You know, it costs a lot as a Christian to walk as somebody who's righteous. You have to learn how to essentially do the things that God is putting on your heart instead of doing the things that gratify yourself. And so we can invest in godliness. And the thing about godliness is that will last. When we stand before the Lord and he judges us, the character that we've built on this earth is going to be something that we can use when we stand before God to prove that we are the, we indeed believed in him. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says the demons know that God is real and they they tremble 
But the reality is like we can go and stand before God and say, yes, we believed in your son. We believe that you're real. But what's going to be more valuable than that is to say, look, we invested our time and our energy and our heart into building up your kingdom into and to loving you and to knowing you. You know, it's not just about doing things for him, but it's about having a relationship with him and spending the time to fellowship and to worship him so we can invest our time in godliness. Another thing we can do is cleanse ourselves. You know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. It says, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So as a Christian, we can spend our time on perfecting holiness. And what that means is that you're actually letting the spirit of God do a work inside of your life. So not just to be a religious person, not to just be somebody who is actually going to church and, you know, does the things outside, but to allow the Spirit of God to renew you on the inside out. How is your walk with the Lord? You know, when you're alone, are you walking righteously or are you somebody who just puts on the show? So we can spend our time on this earth investing in, in, in righteousness and in cleansing ourselves from the things of this world. Jesus says in Revelations chapter 3, verse 18, he says, I come to you, I, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. So I like this scripture because when, you, when he says there, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire. When you think of gold, gold speaks of your faith. It speaks of the faith that's refined through trials. So us as Christians, we can actually get gold, this thing that's valuable, and that is our faith. And, and we can invest in it by going through different trials in this life to, to refine our faith, letting God refine our faith through trials and continuing to remain faithful in him. The second thing he says, that you may be rich and to buy white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. So as we begin to walk by faith, we also begin to stand not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. When you think about these white garments, it's speaking about righteousness. And our righteousness does not come from ourselves. Even though we do good works after we're saved because we love the Lord and the Spirit of God is inside of us empowering us to do them, our righteousness comes from Christ. It comes from the, the work that he did on the cross and the blood of Jesus. And his righteousness is what we are clothed in. So we can invest in, in, in faith and we can begin to learn how to walk in righteousness and the righteousness that is from Christ. And it says, and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. And so this is another thing is like we can begin to, once we've been cleansed ourselves, we can begin to invest in other people. And this is when you really start to have impact in the kingdom of heaven. This is when you really start making a valuable investment, when you start to invest in others. You know, Jesus says that uh, in Matthew, he says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So once we learn how to walk in righteousness, once we learn how to have faith, once we've invested time in, in seeking the Lord and his kingdom first, then all of a sudden we can begin to actually, we've had that log pulled out of our own eye. What that speaks about is the things that we're doing wrong. We've been made right 
according to the Lord and all of the big things that are that are in our lives causing us to sin, God has already removed those. And so now we can begin to, to pull the speck out of our brother's eye. In other words, we can begin to minister to other people and begin to actually help out other people. And that is when you start to really invest in the kingdom of God. You know, you're going outside of yourself. There's another scripture in Matthew. It says, it's a long one. It says this, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. And as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. See, as a Christian, once we've learned how to walk rightly, once we've invested the time and the energy it takes into learning how to walk right with God and letting the Spirit of God deal with us and letting Him refine our faith, going through trials and and being people that, that can be trusted to be faithful to the Lord, all of a sudden we can begin to invest in the kingdom of heaven by, by ministering to others, by, like He says, as much as you've done this unto the least of these. We can begin to clothe those who are naked and and give food to those who are poor. We can begin to minister to the people who need help. And and that is when we can really begin to invest in the kingdom of God. You know, there's at the end of times, like I said, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to judge us. And it's either going to be that he's going to say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things and I will make you rule over many. Or he'll be saying, depart from me for I never knew you. So each one of us has to decide with our actions every day, are we going to be so focused on the here and now, so focused on, an, on consuming things that our heart is locked up in things, or are we going to treasure up for ourselves things that are in heaven and begin to invest in having a righteous walk with God and begin to invest our time and our energy and our effort into cleansing ourselves so that we can then minister to God's people and at the end, will be told, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or are we going to be those who are so wrapped up with things that we don't really know what, what, who God even is? And he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. So the, the thing is that the kingdom of God is not just about what you do. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about knowing him. And so today I wanted to bring up this message and say that I encourage you to invest, to think about your investment strategy. What things can you invest in? Maybe you have a wife. Maybe you have kids. You know, if you think about how awesome it would be that you stand before God and he says to you, he looks at you and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he accepts you. God himself says, well done to you. 
Imagine how amazing that would be. Imagine how much time and energy it would be worth investing into hearing the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and telling you that you've been faithful over the few things, and he's going to make you rule over many. And then while you have that in your mind, I want you to imagine something else. I want you to imagine that you are standing there and you see your son or your daughter walk up and stand up in front of the Lord and you see him say to your son or your daughter, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see him say to your wife or your husband, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you realize that it was you, it was the time that you took to to minister to those children, the time that you invested in their life, the time that you invested in your grandchildren or or whoever that that produced a fruit in their life. And all of a sudden they're standing before God with the the righteousness of Christ on them. And And he's saying, well done and thou good and faithful servant. Those are the things that you've invested in. This is what it means to invest in eternal things. And how much more of a blessing are they than things that are consumed here today and gone tomorrow?